Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of the Multiverse Report. Right now, tonight, this very night, or day, or whenever you're listening to it, really, we are recapping the week's nerdy news from the picket lines to the North Pole. Everywhere in between. What does that second location mean? We'll get there. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, I uh, just came from not quite the North Pole, but pretty close, seeing yeah. I was just <laughs> up in Canada. Uh, <laughs> came back today Maybe just North. to record for you. So, well, here thank we you are. so much. Did you attend a Toronto Fan Expo while you were there? Well, unfortunately, no, I did not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I walked past the convention center multiple times, Aww, but we were up uh, so close. We were up on a family trip, and uh, I didn't even know what was going on. Uh, if I had, I may have petitioned for going up for another sure. day and letting me to just go play around for the <laughs> at least a day. Yeah, uh, yeah. seeing like. Hayden Christensen and various other people were all signing Ooh, autographs. Boy. He's a Toronto native, which I did not realize. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Oh, yep. Cool. So, bunch wow. of people signing, bunch of people around. Uh, some great cosplays all around, as you can imagine. Um, and yeah, it was it was uh, it was fun because we hit the CN Tower and the Aquarium, which are both right next to the convention center. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're walking around, and I'm like. Oh, you know, there's there's that costume I recognize. Oh, there's a yeah. pair of Jedi. Oh, there's that. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Meanwhile, my wife and her friend are just like, what is going on here? And I'm like, oh, I'm in my element. Cool. <laughs> You're like, my people are so close. I'm right here. Yep. But I can't, I can't, I cannot connect. But I'm going up a giant glass elevator, which was awesome in its own right. And my son had a blast. Sure. So. <laughs> oh, good. That's good. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Well... Um, I know I, I have said this before, um, but to, I, I've said this before and we end up having a, a wonderfully hour plus uh, conversation about nerdy stuff. So I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll happen again, but I don't know. But the thing I'm saying is today, this week is a very light <laughs> week for news. It does seem like very a light, light week. week. Um, in a way that I don't know that we're going to be, uh, doing a super regular length episode but you know what that's fine i think because uh steve last few weeks uh we've gone like an hour and 20 minutes i think it was pretty long yeah pretty long so um longer than we uh used to usually go so uh, we might actually be able to keep it a little on the shorter side this week um but we do have um some strike adjacent news we got some minor star wars news we got a good amount of comics uh stuff to talk about reviews and whatnot and things coming out this week um and as always we are sponsored by funky town comics in the town of camillus check them out for all your comics and graphic novel and vinyl and toy needs mm -hmm. um however unfortunately uh we do have to start on a down note um uh and wishing a, a bidding a fond farewell and a rest in peace to arlene sorkin woman who was the original voice and also the inspiration for the characterization and creation of Harley Quinn passed away at the age of 67. Um, uh, well-known comic writer and writer for Batman, the animated series, Paul Dini, uh, who created Harley Quinn for the show 
was friends with Arlene Sorkin in college and based the character on her, including like not just her voice, the way she talked, but also her mannerisms, her sense of humor, all that kind of like quirky stuff came from um, Arlene Sorkin in real life. And so uh, safe to say that without this woman, uh, there would be no Harley Quinn or certainly not in the way that we know her to be now. So anyone who is a fan of this character has ever been a fan of this character in any form um, owes a, owes a thank you to Arlene Sorkin who uh, sadly passed away this past week. And um, I felt like that was deserving of uh, a shout out for sure. So absolutely. Um, now today, yeah, people, today I learned that Harley Quinn uh, did not exist before Batman, the animated series. So yes. Yeah. She was created for the series and, um, it was uh, not too long before she made the jump to, uh, well, at first, her first comics appearance was in, like, I think the Batman Adventures, which was a comic book version of the animated series. And then, so it was a little bit longer before she jumped to, like, mainline canon, but still um, right. pretty quickly because she was so popular immediately. Right. I think one of her first appearances in the show, she barely, she doesn't really even say anything. Um, or doesn't say too much. Right. She's kind of just a background character and then just kept getting more and more <laughs> popular. Well, and now um, if you, you remotely pick up anything DC, it's fairly ubiquitous that oh, yeah. she's there front and center. Yeah, she's an a, she's an A-lister yeah. um, on the DC side or in the comics world in general. Um, hugely popular character. And um, uh, thanks in no small part to Arlene Sorkin. So um, rest in peace, Arlene. Uh, moving into some... Strike news, guess what? Strike's still happening. Studios mm. are still being ghouls about their money. Writers and actors still walking those picket lines. Um, you know, and I feel like there's been a couple, in the last couple weeks, been like, oh, we're open to negotiating. And then it turns out that uh, studios are not really open to negotiating and they're just trying to talk this the unions into accepting their original proposals instead of asking for anything new and still denying counter proposals. So. Right. In the words of Inigo Montoya, I do not think that word means what they think it means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not actually putting in the work to uh, counteroffer or negotiate or anything like that. So um, so still going on. Still no end in sight for the writers or the actors. Um, but starting to see signs of the studios feeling it, mm -hmm. I think. Um, or bracing for feeling it, at least. And uh, doing dumb things. I'm going to come right out of the gate with my opinion on this next story. This is a dumb move. Big dumb move. Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers Discovery. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. What? A dumb move by David Zaslav of Warner Brothers Discovery? He makes all the right decisions. Yeah, all the most happen. popular decisions. <laughs> Everybody loves Everyone. him. <laughs> That's exactly what I was just going to say. <laughs> Everyone loves this guy so much. He's our favorite billionaire CEO. <laughs> That makes way more than any other billionaire CEO. Yeah. Just kidding. That man's dumb. And uh, another dumb decision he has made. I don't mind calling him dumb straight up because one, he's a billionaire. Two, he doesn't care about me at all. And he'll never hear it. And if he does, he won't care that I sure. call him dumb because he'll just fall asleep on his big Scrooge McDuck pile of money. If he does, that means so, we made him like. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> If this show gets shut down because of David Zaslav, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. We'll re we'll take it. We'll rebrand and start another show with uh, thousands of more supporters <laughs> and listeners. 
<laughs> um, anyway, Warner Brothers Discovery has delayed a number of its upcoming uh, big tentpole films due to the strike. Uh, now, they're claiming that this is because they want to have actors available to uh, be on the promotion circuit when these movies are coming out. They want them to be on talk shows, podcasts, yada, yada. Bullshit. Sorry. Giving interviews. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it seems like a dumb excuse, but then I, I don't know. I don't know what the real reason would be for moving these things. I mean, what um, the real reason is, is they know they're going to get hit and they know they're not going to be able to produce content sure. quick enough. So they have to sure. push it out to they're, spread things out. They're trying to spread out their stuff. But that 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 still doesn't make any sense to me then why you would move Dune Part 2 from November 3rd to March 15th, 2024 because they've already put so much money into the marketing of Dune Part 2. Yeah. We've been getting teasers and trailers for months. There's like a big Empire Magazine spread that's hitting like this week or something. They're not going to do that again in March. Like we'll get another trailer, but people are ready to see Dune now. This movie's coming out in November. It's August. It's the end of August. We're almost into the fall. I've been seeing Dune two, Dune Part Two trailers for the last like three movies, three or four movies I've gone to see this summer. Right. Like the marketing engine is going for Dune Part Two, and it still looks and good this is every a movie, time you see those trailers. It does look good, and this is a movie that Part One was nominated for Oscars. I don't remember if it won any like visual effects Oscars. Mm-hmm. Might have. But you're moving it to March. That's likely after the after this year's Oscar ceremony, which means it's going to get forgotten by the time the 2024 Oscars nominations come around. Right. So that does move it out of this year. And yeah, it moves it out of this year's contention. And it's going to come out so early in the Oscar year that no one's going to remember it by the time it comes around. There's going to be no hype behind it. You know? Yeah. Now, at the same time, compared to some of the other movies coming out this fall, you have Dune, who is, because of the popularity of part one and the rave reviews it got and whatnot, probably guaranteed to make some money. Whereas yeah. the the movies that they've left in December, I don't, I haven't heard of any major, anything else major coming out in November. But what they've decided to leave in the December slate is, uh, I mean, uh, two of them are very questionable as to whether they're going to make any money or not. Yes. Yeah. And Agreed. weirdly, um, uh, the two that I'm talking about are Wonka and Aquaman. <laughs> um, I think Aquaman will make okay money. But again, it's trailer dependent. I was going to say recent um, DC. Uh, former, yeah, well, that's true. DCU, I mean, DCEU, whatever the post Snyder verse. Uh, yeah. Track Fallout. record is not really uh, not really sure it's going to make money. And I even said that when I was talking about Blue Beetle. I think part of the reason that I was like, I can't really be there to make excuses and defend it is that I'm just like, I'm just punch drunk at this point. <laughs> I'm just right. like, I can't, I, I, I can't, I, you know, Black Adam and uh, Shazam 2, you know, took so much out of me. Right. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it again. Um, but anyway, yes, they're, they're, they're leaving Wonka, The Color Purple, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. All three of those are coming out in December which is wild. You'd think they'd move one of those up to November. Right. If you're going to take spread out, out of that late November slot, like slide one of them yeah. in. If you're trying to spread out your slate, spread it out. If you're moving something, like move something else, have something take that 
take the spot in November. But they're also moving Godzilla vs. Kong, which was originally coming out on March 15th. So Dune got moved to March 15th, which was the date for Godzilla Kong. Godzilla Kong is moving a month to April 12th. What was supposed to come out on April 12th is an animated film, which we talked about years ago on this podcast. Lord of the Rings, War of the Rohirrim was supposed to come out April 12th, and that's getting moved to December of 2024. So that's getting punted huge, which is wild. Um, I don't know. So, yeah, I guess they're spreading out their their content, but. I just I don't know. It just seems like the the gears for Dune were like turning already. And like you said, it's going to make it was going to make money no matter what. Like I feel like Dune isn't a movie. Like I don't need to see an interview with Tim- Timothy Chalamet to know whether or not I'm going to see Dune part 2. I saw Dune part 1 right. and it was good. So I'm yep. going to see Dune part 2. Right. right. You know. I saw half I don't the need movie, Rebecca so Fer- I'm going to see the other half of the movie. Yeah, I don't need Zendaya or Rebecca Ferguson to tell me what their experience was making Doom Part 2 because I, I, I'm i already in. Right. We're locked in. It's I would love to see that afterwards in the uh, DVD promotional sure. materials or something. But like, I don't need them to tell Jimmy Fallon about it before I go see it. You know, like I'm not on the fence. I feel like right. like how many on the fence people are just going to jump in to see Doom Part 2 without having seen Doom <laughs> Part 1? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Probably uh, the Venn diagram is not much of an overlap there. Not much. And like March, like March is such like a nothing month for movies. Really, I mean, it's better than January or February, but like March, I don't know. Like it's such like a, if you're going to move Dune, make it a summer release, give it, put it in May at right. least, you know? Yeah, give it that early blockbuster feel and like, yeah, hey, blow the summer out with this, whatever. Right, because you don't have any like, you know, you know, DC has been wildly hit or miss for them since the beginning of them trying to make an interconnected, you know, post post bat post Christopher Nolan Batman. We all know DC has been up and down, huge mixed bag for them. So, at, but at then, but even that after Aquaman: and The Lost Kingdom, they're done with DC movies until Superman Legacy mm-hmm. in 2025. So, what's your summer 2024 look like, Warner Brothers? If you're moving stuff, put them in the summer because you don't you need summer money you need summer dollars you need summer blockbuster stuff and i don't know if you have that so yeah it's weird to move yeah it's weird to move dune and godzilla to you know late spring or early you know mid-spring dates and not give them just kick it off with dune in may for you know um memorial day weekend give us dune part two and then give us kong fourth of july you know i don't know seems I don't know. I'm not David Zaslav. I'm not as smart as he is. I don't understand movies as well as he does. So, well, and who even, am I to say? What is it? Even within December, you've got... When When is Wonka coming out? Uh, I think Wonka's early Wonka's, December. No. Wonka's the 15th. Aquaman is the 20th. Oh. So yeah, like, and Color Purple's on Christmas. Color right. Purple's the 25th, I think. Yeah. So, Color like, Purple's that's tri- three Christmas. movies really close together. Yeah. That seems dumb. Now, it doesn't... I, know. Um, I pulled up a uh, a list, and it doesn't look like any of them are running against anything too crazy. But, like, wh- what are you doing? I feel like... I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know that the promotion they're going to... Because then what if... I mean... Obviously, I would like the studios to cave and negotiate with the unions 
and end the strike. Yeah. I would like that to happen sooner than later. But what if it doesn't? What if the strike is still going on March 15th and then they still don't have actors to promote Dune and they also don't have an Empire magazine spread and trailers for two months? Like, I feel like they're taking a they're taking a chance at getting slightly more money while they're like saying no to like a dump truck of money that yeah. would hit them in November. Warner, it's like they're like Warner Brothers biting off their nose despite their face. Really? That's yeah. You're surprised by it this? Seems like they're like clamoring for scraps yeah. when they they got a feast just around the corner. You know, like yeah. so you've got. I mean, uh, beyond that, in in the same vein, you have uh, Madam Web in February, the Valentine's Day release, and then like a Quiet Place sequel in March, right before Dune, and then live action Snow White, and a Ghostbusters sequel that is unnamed. Oh yeah, that got March. moved. That was supposed to come out this December too. That got moved. Ghostbusters in March. Yep, those are all in March. Outside of uh, everything I mentioned that wasn't uh, wasn't Madam Web is March. But beyond that, you've got Godzilla Kong, and yeah. then that's like Deadpool three in May, supposedly. Who knows if that's what's going on there? I know. I, yeah, I doubt it because everything like got shut stopped. down with the filming. I know. Yeah. Um. A Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes in May, which who knows there. And then Bad Boys in the Summer. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot all Bad oh, Boys. Oh, Dead Reckoning Part 2. Yeah, but that, no, because that's going to, they're get not shut filming down that. Too? They, weren't, they weren't done with that when the first one came out. So, like, these yeah. things are going to get moved. Untitled Venom I mean, sequel in July, like, Captain America Brave New World, that's going to be moved. I mean, Alien maybe it'll... Romulus. Like, all of those are going to oh, have yeah, to Yeah, that's move. the working title. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all going to get moved. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll work out for them because there just won't be anything else coming out. People will be desperate to go to the movies to see something. I mean, there's a Lion King prequel that's scheduled for June. Ugh. Come on. Well, I'm assuming since it's Mufasa the Lion King. Is that theatrical? Or is that just going to be a Disney Plus? Well, it's got Seth Making Rogen. a Mufasa prequel <laughs> yeah uh yeah what yep oh my god disney no one cares about that <laughs> yeah yeah you're right uh, they're doing <laughs> that's so it wildly stupid uh who I mean, know, i'm it, man it, maybe there's spoiler big... alert it can't be after the lion king <laughs> yeah <laughs> true true oh maybe there's big mufasa fans out there that are dying to know what he was like as a child but there are dozens of us <laughs> yeah so anyway things are getting moved around and i wouldn't be surprised to see that some of these movies get moved again um because we're gonna i mean now we're hearing about delays and um shake-ups release schedule wise um and uh i guess i we're just gonna keep hearing that we're going to start hearing more indefinite delays of things. Because um, even if, like you said, Deadpool 3 is supposed to come out in May. Yeah. I don't I don't think they're done making that movie. And even if the strike is over by the end of this year, 
there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to finish whatever they needed to finish before May. You know? And the whole premise was keep filming and then let Ryan do ADR on like the AdLib stuff. Yeah, do rewrites in the ADR. What are you doing? So, yeah. Yep. And whatever crazy stuff Tom Cruise is doing in Dead Reckoning Part 2 hasn't been done yet. So, you know. You know, he's probably off in Siberia training to ride a motorcycle off of a rocket as it leaves the atmosphere or something, you know. But uh, so I guess he can do that because that's not acting. He can get ready, but they haven't shot it yet. Yeah. They're still going to have to shoot it. So all these right. any I feel like any any summer movie is going to get pushed. I don't like this coming like a year from now, we will have not had nearly the glut of. Uh, summer movies that we had this year. Not even close. It's going to be a pretty dry summer next summer, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I I would think you're you're probably on to something there. And we're starting to see signs of that now. I I don't think this will be the last... um, I think we're going to hear about more stuff getting pushed, I think, probably pretty soon. Especially if it's it's other Q4 stuff, they're going to have to make the decision on whether it's Sony or Disney or whoever. Like um, Things are going to start getting... Right. Pushed around. <laughs> Brian in the chat said, "How'd Scar get that scar? We need to know." Yeah, <laughs> the masses, the masses yeah. need to know. I mean, his name is Scar. So, was he born with a scar, or is Scar a nickname that he got after he received his scar, or was it like destiny? <laughs> they named him Scar, and then one day, you know, he ended up with a scar. And they're like, oh, isn't that funny? That's your name. I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things, Disney. <laughs> How interesting is that story? It's dumb. They're going to reveal that Scar's real name was Mufasu. I don't know, something, you know. It's going to be dumb. Yep. Is it, do you know, you, you just read a title. Yes, but I was gonna. Is it like an an? Is it like an animated movie? Uh, sorry, is it uh, a computer animated movie or is it? Does it look like? Does it look like we're trying to make them look like real lions or are we just cartoon lions? Um, I think it's the CGI. It's all the same voice actors as the live action, not live action one. Oof. Okay. Because everyone loved that. Everyone loved it, and no one talks about it. <laughs> Because it was the same movie that they made in the 90s. And apparently, so the cast is listed as Aaron Pierre as young Mufasa, Kelvin Harrison Jr. as young Scar, and then somehow Billy Eichner as Tamu and Seth Rogen as Pumbaa. Because Tamu and Pumbaa would have what to do with those two in their past life? Oh my god. Are, they gonna, are we going to find out that Mufasa knew Tamu and Pumbaa when he was younger? What's... Uh, uh, oh. This is lore that I just couldn't possibly care less about, and I'm just, I'm mad that I'm even thinking about it now. Yeah, let's, you know what? I'm mad that they're making me think about, they're making me dissect Lion King lore. Yeah. And I'm furious that my brain is doing that. How about if we're going to dive into lore and hit the Wayback Machine, why don't we do it in a universe we enjoy? Like Star Wars? I think so. Okay. Like a galaxy far, far away. A galaxy, singular, <laughs> one, one galaxy. Hey, we're still in one galaxy. 
we're still in one galaxy. Um, that's a little reference to our Ahsoka review, a reaction to the first two episodes of Disney's Ahsoka that you can listen to on our feed right now. Um, if you usually watch us on YouTube, we had a little weird glitchy thing with our recording last week, so or when we did the Ahsoka series uh, reaction. So uh, cut off like the first 10-ish minutes of us talking and kind of jumps right into our conversation. But right. if you're and listening then the audio the was wonky feed, too on top of that. Yeah, so. that's true. And the audio was a pan to the one speaker, so it was a little quieter than normal. So anyway, um, technology issues aside, uh, you can watch us on YouTube talk about the first two episodes of Soka. You can listen to uh, in full audio uh, glory <laughs> with no technical issues. The uh, podcast version is available as well. And... um. I think we're going to try, as long as our schedules allow, we're going to try to do um, night of in, more night of instant reactions uh, to the show, whether it be Tuesday or Wednesday. Right. Um, I think we're going to try to keep doing that for the series, as long as the series goes. Yeah. Assuming, we'll assuming the quality holds up to what they've had now, we're going to give it a go. Because, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, both of our reactions was generally positive. Very positive. Um, also, for um, anyone listening in the chat, let us know if the audio sounds fine or if anything's wonky, like at all times, ever. Feel for free sure. To let us know. Yeah. If you're watching live or you're watching later or you're listening, whatever, if you want to say, hey, Steve was way louder than Mike or Mike was distorted or whatever, you know, like let us know and we'll do our best to, to fix it. We they pride ourselves up the gain on, our on Mike and drop quality. the volume. It's just like his guitar. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Mike needs a little overdrive. <laughs> Um, but speaking of Star Wars, and uh, it's not the first time we've had a uh, topic like this come up or an announcement like this, but an old Star Wars game is getting a modern remaster. Star Wars Dark Forces is getting remastered by Night Dive Studios. Um, Star Wars Dark Forces was a first-person shooter Star Wars game that came out in the 90s. Uh, but it's being updated uh, to fit like PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox consoles, and also the Nintendo Switch. Uh, they released a trailer for the game, kind of focusing on the updates um, that they're going to be making. Um, I don't really see like huge improvements. I mean, I, it seems like they're updating the cutscenes. Yeah, they, a little they, bit better. They're doing that, and they're they're you know sprucing up some of the visuals so it isn't the old school like early. Uh, late 90s early 2000s polygons and um, yeah whatnot they're they're smoothing it over and making it playable on the new stuff um yeah and that's uh, that's kind of what this uh, night dive night night dive studios has been doing uh they've remastered um system shock turok dinosaur hunter the old n64 game um oh wow forsaken doom 64 quake um quake 2 sin wow yeah so they're uh, so this they, is like done, their expertise. Yeah, like that's that's kind of their thing is picking up these old games and giving them a give them a giving them a spruce up. Um, I don't know if you have any experience with the uh, Dark Forces series. Zero, but I was about to ask you if you did. Oh, I did. Oh, I oh. did for the PC back <laughs> in the day. Uh, Dark Forces and Dark Forces Two, as well as what became Jedi Knight, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Academy. And uh, uh, all of those games were uh, very, very seminal in my video game upbringing. So, oh, wow. And also okay. the again, the weird development of Steve's Star Wars, where all of the shit he enjoyed wasn't the movies. It was like, yeah. the books and the video games and all this other stuff. 
which is probably right. why I always petition for Star Wars to go outside of the Skywalker trilogy of like, hey, you yeah, made all this good stuff back in the day and it was really good. So why don't you just make new stuff instead of right. retreading everything? Now, this yeah. retread, like, I don't know if I'll play it, but Dark Forces was a, a great game and it introduced you to uh, Kyle Katarn, who through all of Legends was one of the coolest characters ever. Um Oh. So in Dark Forces and Dark Forces 2, he's just a random uh, rebel soldier that you're playing as. He's the, the player okay. character through it. And um, you're, you're just a normal dude. And then in, or no, sorry, in Dark Forces, you're just a guy shooting stormtroopers like you saw in the trailer. Mm. That's what yeah. you do. That's what's going on. Dark Forces 2 is subtitled Jedi Knight, where Katarn... Oh learns he has force powers and is begins to be trained by luke in the ways of the oh, jedi cool. at the original jedi academy um oh nice and then that progresses into so it was dark forces dark forces 2 jedi knight uh and then jedi knight 2 jedi academy like they there was a weird jump but uh but yeah they yep dark forces dark forces 2 jedi or jedi knight dark forces 2 uh jedi knight 2 jedi outcast and then jedi academy so um and so weirdly, two dark forces games and three jedi knight games yep but there was overlap on wow. one of them and wow. uh all of them but jedi academy featured katarn i think katarn was like one of the masters in jedi academy as well so uh in general it was it was a really well done well received series and lucasfilm or lucasarts back in those days where everything they put out was real solid the x-wing series that yeah. um did you ever play any uh any old school star wars video games no man i wasn't i didn't have i wasn't a computer yep. game person and i mean i had like a sega genesis Mm -hmm. um, but i that's all i had for a long time until i got in like so I got to college and started playing stuff on PlayStations and yeah. things like that. Like I, I was not a big video game guy because I just didn't own a console. I was a go to my friend's house and beg them to let me play their video right. games, whether it was computer play or not. Mario because Kart I just didn't there have. Yeah, yeah. Like we never had like a computer that could handle yep. uh, games like that, really. So I, I just never was able to to try them out. Yep. So but See, I, I, I remember going to. But I had a cousin sorry. that did. <laughs> Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, I remember going to like stores and stuff and seeing like holding boxes for like things like um, for, you know, Dark Forces or for Jedi Knight or whatever. Yep. And like, I'm like, this is a Star Wars game. Like I'm holding in my hand more <laughs> Star Wars. Right. And I, I can't experience it. Right. And it's killing me. It's <laughs> I have a thing. no way I'm to looking at these this. screens on the back that look like Star Wars and Exactly, exactly. I'm just imagining I'm like, oh, that's an X-wing flying somewhere yep. like I oh wow, that's so cool. I wonder what's happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for Dark Forces yep. and Dark Forces 2, uh that was 95 and 97 those came out. Uh definitively remember playing them over at my cousin's house. After that, like um you had uh, Jedi Outcast was 02, Academy was 03. Um, those and like uh, Star Wars X-Wing Alliance that came out in 99, I remember playing on a, a computer at my house. Um, yeah. But like X-Wing, TIE Fighter, 
X-Wing versus TIE Fighter were all just like crazy space sims that were, if they remastered them now, would probably hold up as to how yeah like randomly cool they were. Um, That's wild that like I know graphics weren't as big a deal and like, you know, first person shooter, like mm-hmm. who knows how how like well planned out like the actual story is but like that's a ton of games in a short amount of time oh that's you're saying like 1997 through 2003 and there's like six games you just mentioned like holy shit um that is a ton of games in a very like a sequel to a game you love came out the next year that's wild by today's standards like that would never happen so check this out uh i pulled up a list of star wars video games uh x-wing was 93 TIE Fighter was 94, XVT was 97, X-Wing Alliance was 99. That's the X-Wing series. So from 93 to 2003, let's let's stay in that wheelhouse. Rebel yeah. Assault was a, a another uh, one of uh, mm-hmm. another Star Wars game. 93, Rebel Assault 2 was 95. Uh, the Jedi Knight series that we talked about, so four games within that 10-year period. Uh, Rogue Squadron came out in 98 rogue squadron 2 2001 2003 for the sequel to that so three games three more games wow um there were all the racer games inspired by episode one uh yeah three of those you had star wars galactic battlegrounds which was like starcraft but in star wars which was amazing to me and i played the hell out of that um wow. starfighter was 010203 for the three games there. KOTOR was uh, 2003. Knights of the Old Republic. Republic. Um, And then Knights of the Republic 2 was 2004. So it's outside of our window, but, you know, right there, again, came out the next year. I I was trying to count, and I I think you mentioned, I think you just named 20 games in 10 years. Probably. And it's still, (laughs) like, Star Wars Galaxies came out in 2003. That was the MMO like the, wow. the huge yeah. open world ridiculousness. Um, the Battlefront series came out just after that. Yeah. I mean, that, so that stretch was just a insane. Yeah. That was a, there was, yeah. Well, actually, also, you had Shadows of the Empire for the N64. Oh. In there man. too, which was like, that was a launch title for the N64. Um, yeah. Wow. What Masters happened? of Terrace Kasi was a fighting game that came out and then Rebellion was an awesome like strategy game for the computer. Uh, yeah, they had uh Force Commander Super Bombad Racing because you had to. Uh <laughs> oh, Star Wars Bombad General. Yeah, Star Wars Bounty Hunter came out for the GameCube. Like all of these things came out Flight of the Falcon this is all between 93 and 2003. It's insane In what they were putting out. Insane. Insane. So I, th- I feel like I said 20 and then you read like 10 more. 10 more, more yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Wild. Wild. Well, so Steve, will you be picking up the remaster of Dark Forces whenever that uh, comes out? There's no release date yet. That probably depends on a price point. Like, I'd throw sure. 10 bucks at it, but beyond that, yeah. like... I don't know. I yeah. played that game a long gotta, time ago. I mean, you got to think, I mean, if there's, you know, five or six games in this series alone, you got to think that if this does well, then they'll announce two in the Jedi Knight series yeah. as well, you think? Right? Yeah. 
one with cool. that. Like, yeah, Exciting. have them redo it all. Like, why not? Why not? Right? Well, and they, they uh, actually just came out with that Star Wars Starfighter. I wonder if they would capitalize on that and try and bring back some of the X-Wing TIE Fighter uh, X-Wing oh, Alliance yeah. games. Yeah. But I'm surprised they haven't. Who knows? Maybe this is like a testing foot in the water. Yeah. Well, because you, you alluded to it earlier there. They announced the uh, Knights of the Old Republic remake, which yeah. I guess. Which I'm very of, excited about. Yeah. I guess as of early this month, it's still in development. So yeah. that hasn't been. It's not like it's been shelved or anything. It's just. Yeah, right continue still working on it yep just no updates yep. um i'm pumped for that because i never played that original game and i've heard it's great and um you know but i don't have an xbox i don't have an early xbox or a way to play it <laughs> uh right now so um definitely gonna play the remake when it comes out and hopefully continue to avoid spoilers um for that game because i've heard there are things to be spoiled in the plot of that game there are and uh one yeah. thing uh one last video game note that i did not realize Apparently, in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, uh, take a wild stab at who was a playable character in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 and then Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. Same character? No, different characters. Okay. Both dark side. Both, those... both uh, bad guys. Okay. This would be 2001 and Jar Jar. 2002. Yeah, one of my guesses was going to be Jar Jar, so nope. not anymore. Unless you believe the theory that he was a, a the, Sith the in Darth, disguise. Darth Biggs. Yeah, or Darth. Uh, Darth, Darth Biggs Maul? Would be very different. Yes, Darth Maul was in Pro Skater Three, and I gotta say, Darth Vader. Nope, uh, Jango Fett. So you could apparently that's, skate around on a skateboard as a Mandalorian. That's random. Yeah, <laughs> I would. It would have been a while before I guessed Jango Fett. Yeah, I gotta say. Yep. Wow. Uh, my next, my guess after that was going to be General Grievous because that would be cool because he's got so many arms. Mm. I would think you could do like sick tricks with the skateboard if you were like passing it to your other arms and stuff. And you're just like, you know, instead of the guy literally encased in a metal suit of armor that probably isn't as mobile as anything else. Probably not a ton of visibility. Right. (laughs) You have a T for a visor. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking amount. Just in general, shocking amount of visibility in Mandalorian helmets. Seemingly. Seemingly anyone could sneak up from the side or the back and take them out and one would think with the exception of han solo accidentally killing boba fett in return of the jedi that seems to never happen but not killing never him seems to get... oh yeah unfortunately <laughs> whoops <laughs> somehow boba fett returned yeah yeah i saw that whole show and it's still a somehow yeah <laughs> i don't really know which is um, funny because in uh, here we go on attention again in legends uh boba fett is only only make he survives but he only makes it out of the rancor because dengar actually rescues him oh the sarlacc yeah yeah or yeah not out of the rancor jesus yeah um he makes it out of the the pit of carcoon only because he's rescued by dengar and he's like all sorts of messed up wow and uh yeah yeah it it goes into a whole thing where in legends and it's well much better much more well done than uh Book of Boba Fett well was. told. So, yeah. Well, speaking of Disney Plus and uh, their shows of varying quality, um, that's something I think is pretty cool. Disney Plus has announced physical releases for a few of its shows. WandaVision, Loki, and Mandalorian Seasons 1 and 2 
will be released on Blu-ray and 4K disc in uh, cool steelbook cases with new artwork and never-before-seen bonus features. Um, this is something that I know a lot of people wish streaming services would do. Yeah. Like, and I think Netflix ended up eventually releasing Stranger like Stranger Things on Blu-ray. I could be wrong, but I, okay. it's not like they do all their shows on Blu-ray. Um and a lot of streamers haven't done that because, you know, when streaming exploded, it was like, oh, it's streaming. It's going to be on here forever. But now when, you know, the bubble is bursting and people are uh, canceling shows, Willow um, comes to mind. Uh, you know, HBO Max has canceled tons of episodes of, you know, Sesame Street and Scooby-Doo and stuff like that or just removed them completely. Yep. Uh, kind of puts my eye back towards physical media and buying things. Like, I don't think Disney Plus would ever get rid of these three shows. Um, Mandalorian is one of their biggest hits. WandaVision and Loki were big hits for them as well. Like, it makes sense that, I mean, there's a market, there's still a market for physical releases. It's certainly not as big as it used to be, but people still buy these things. And, like, just Star Wars fans alone will buy Mandalorian Season 1 and Season 2, even though they can still watch it like there's big star wars collectors out there that want to own them um and that goes for a lot of stuff especially now that there's a slight risk that someday disney could say eh, we're gonna take a tax write-off and no one really watches wandavision anymore so we're gonna get rid of it right um which seems impossible but you know i thought it would be impossible for them to do that with any show you know six months ago and here we are so um if I was going to buy any of these, it would be Mandalorian 1 and 2. I don't know that I would rewatch WandaVision or Loki, but um, Mandalorian I probably would rewatch. Uh, and, um, you know, I don't know that it's going to be in, like, better quality because, like, I got a 4K TV, so probably would look the same. Right. But, I don't know, something about just, like, having it in case I cancel Disney Plus someday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yep. there's plenty of reasons to own uh, physical media that you love and... um because a lot of it, uh, can, if it's digital, it's out of your control. You don't own it, and it can be taken away from you at any time. So, yeah, um, I didn't for a little while because I didn't have a Blu-ray player. Yeah, but yeah, now I do. Nice, mostly because um, my father-in-law didn't want it anymore. Oh, there you go. He's like, all right, I'll player. take a free Blu-ray player. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten rid. I used to, I used to buy. I was a big collector. I, I had a huge. VHS collection when I was a kid and that became a DVD collection that became a Blu-ray collection, you know, and it was, it's only in the last, um, I don't know, five years that I've really slowed down on buying physical stuff because, you know, all of a sudden there's Disney plus and all of a sudden there's HBO max and all of a sudden there's all these like, Oh, these things that I already own are here. And like, right. do I really want to get up and open a disc and put it in a thing? Or do I want to just click the remote button a couple of times and not have to move? And I'm all of a sudden I'm watching, you know, Shazam or whatever. But, um, yeah. Uh, I think, but I don't know now, now that, you know, David Zaslav could just take it away from me at any second. I kind of am glad that I still have it. I've got, I gotten rid of a lot of my collection things that I just haven't watched or don't think I would watch or like aren't great quality. Like, you know, I, it's almost like, am I going to watch Spider-Man two 
DVD on a like DVD quality with Spider-Man 2? No, I'll probably get a higher quality one anyway, so I'll either rebuy it on Blu-ray or just watch it digitally or whatever. Right. Um but there's still like some I you know, there's some I almost got rid of and then I was like, well, what if you know, they decide to pull the plug on this movie and I can never watch it again, <laughs> maybe I'll hold on to it, yeah. you know. So So yeah. I think I'm going to start approaching it like I do my vinyl collection where yeah. it's stuff that I know I'm going to rewatch and know I'm going to want to rewatch. Yeah. Um, like it, similarly with Apple music, I can just press a button and whatever the hell I want. Right. And be there. But yeah. You yeah. know, if it's a, you know, novel release or, you know, something that I want to make sure I have a physical copy of that I will always be able to listen to in a certain quality. Right then I'm 100% going to pick up the physical version as well. Yeah. For me, it's most, it's, I, I agree. It's something that like, I love this and I'm going to want to watch it many right. times. And often now it's stuff that isn't connected to a major franchise that is associated with the corporation that owns it. Like, you know, like Disney owns Star Wars, Star Wars stuff's going to be on Disney Plus. Disney owns Marvel. Marvel stuff's going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah. Same with like HBO or like Max. Warner Brothers owns that. DC stuff's going to be on Max. But actually, that's not even true anymore because now they're right. like farming stuff out to other networks. So you don't really, there's no guarantee there. But for me, it's stuff like older movies, like older classics that aren't associated with a brand like okay. Jaws. Yeah. Or like Back to the Future, like those are universal movies, but they're also like older enough that they're not, you know, pre-streaming movies that weren't like, it wasn't written into the contract that Back to the Future is going to be on Netflix forever, you yeah. know. It gets licensed out by the studio, so like Universal, I guess they own, they're partnered with NBC, so they're, maybe they're in conjunction with Peacock or something, but like, I feel like sometimes Back to the Future is on Netflix and sometimes it's not. Or like sometimes Jaws is on Max and sometimes it's not like just things like that. Like Iron Man, it's always going to be on Disney Plus. Right. I know exactly where it is. I don't want to necessarily search through a bunch of things if I feel like watching Back to the Future, but I have it on Blu-ray, so here it is. I can watch it anytime I want. Right. Or like Into the Spider Verse. Like we had like when Across the Spider Verse was coming out, a friend of ours was like, "I want to go see it because I hear it's great, but I've never seen Into the Spider Verse and it's not streaming anywhere." I was like, "Well, I got it on Blu-ray if you want to yeah. watch it." You know. Yep. So there we go. Yeah, so um, actually I was what I was doing was buying those digitally cuz again, I didn't have a physical Blu-ray player for a long yeah. time. I was actually buying those digitally through Apple. But same mm. deal, like a Apple's not likely to go anywhere anytime right. soon. But yeah. in the eventuality that they did or like discontinued for some reason their whole iTunes service, right. then I've got it. Yeah. And I I've also heard or I've seen people online complaining about whether they were like transferring their stuff from one account to another account or mm -hmm. there was some kind of like glitch or like they lost something from their computer. Like, you know, just just because you buy a digital copy of a movie, like, yeah, it's not you can't hold on to it. So right. like if something goes wrong and your hard drive gets erased, like that's gone, too. And you just threw 20 bucks at it. You oh, know, yeah. on. Right well, now, that's so. why I decided because like you can buy digital movies through whoever the hell you want. Right. And that's yeah. that's why I settled on Apple because I was like, of any of them, they're probably pretty solid. <laughs> probably gonna stick around. If yeah, if they go seemingly. if their streaming stuff goes under, then we're in a whole new wild woolly world. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Uh, cool. Cool. And also, it depends on, I mean, they haven't released all the details. Like, they released some details about Loki, but, like, if there's, like, more cool Mandalorian bonus oh, features yeah. and stuff, or, like, commentaries and things, like, I used to love a movie commentary. Yep. Like, my wife would always make fun of me, because, like, when I was in my collecting days, she would, like, he, every movie he sees, he watches it at least three times, because he'll go to see it in the theater, and if he likes it, He'll buy it on Blu-ray and he'll watch it again and then he'll watch it again with director commentary. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's great. It's how I learn all this stuff about movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. You know how much crap I get for rewatching stuff? Yeah. It's like, I why know. would you, or like rereading? She's like, my, my wife's oh, yeah. like, why would you reread that again? I'm like, because I liked it the first time and I want to glean more things great. from it. It's yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I want to experience my, the joy that I had of right. watching it the first time. <laughs> yeah. I get more out of it. Yeah. This sparked um, joy. I would like to continue to spark joy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's so rare that they even, even now I feel like when you do buy a physical thing, like a lot of times they don't put the effort into special features that they used to, because that used to be like the incentive to buy physical media. So like a lot of times they don't even have commentaries anymore. And yep. I can't tell you, like, I'm not a filmmaker, I'm not a director, but I feel like, you know, the, the shit you and I talk about where we were able to, like, critique a movie or how it's made and sound like we know what we're talking about, 85 fucking percent of that shit I learned from <laughs> listening yeah. to directors talk about how they yep. made their movie on commentaries and stuff. Like, that's like, whether it's, I don't know, James Gunn or Sam Raimi or fucking Rob Zombie or, you know, like, I like... There's stuff to learn there. Like, how did you get this shot? Why did you choose to shoot it this way? What right. is what is better about this image than that image or this f camera movement than the other your other option? Like, they talk about all that stuff because they got to fill two hours of talking. And it's really interesting. So yeah. anyway, buy physical stuff. There's cool special features and you'll learn a lot from commentaries. Check out commentaries. If you've never done one. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Maybe someday Steve and I will do yes. some commentaries on movies that we like. We talk about that every once in a while. Yeah. And we never... No, if, if these people listen to us for an hour and a half, they could definitely listen to a movie commentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They could listen to us talk about movie commentary That's for true. an hour and a half. Do our own um, uh, MST3K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably what primed me for being into director's commentaries, to be honest with you. It's oh, like, yeah. I can listen to these uh, jokers uh, make fun of a movie for two hours. Then I can listen to someone talking seriously about a movie yeah. for two hours, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like what God, my that back in its for. prime was so good. So good. Even the new stuff is good. That's I, have, the, I, I think haven't the, seen any of the new stuff. That's the only reason I... Yeah. There's two new seasons of it on Netflix that are really good. Really? And they just, um, through a Kickstarter, they're building their own, like, um, site. Uh, and, like, their own, like, oh, nice. streaming service, basically, where you'll be able to, like, when they... You, you can like log in and purchase access to watch a new one, you That's know, and nice. they're going to have it like all digitally online and stuff like that. So it's really cool. I was part of the Kickstarter, so I keep getting updates about it, but I'm nice. not sure it's, it might be in like, I think it's in beta right now. It hasn't like fully launched, but um, yeah, check out the, there's two new seasons of Mystery Science Theater on Netflix or yeah, new awesome. within the last like five years. Of their, right. It's very good. It's very funny. It's always right. something like if I don't have anything to watch, I just want chill out and not right. have to pay attention to anything Mind, really. mindless like, something bam. in the background it's perfect yeah, yeah but still makes me laugh out loud every it, time it's yeah, great it from the sports world it reminds me of baseball where like you can not pay attention for whatever and then jump back in for like 10 minutes and you're 
completely satisfied. Yeah, you're still on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening, you don't know what Mystery Science Theater is, look it up. You will not be disappointed. No, it's hilarious it's and one of the weirdest, uh, greatest television shows of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Just such a outlier of insanity. Um, moving into some comics, DC announces sequels to both Batman 89 and Superman 78. These were comic book canonical extensions of the Tim Burton um, Batman universe and the Richard Donner Superman universe. Um, first Batman movie came out in 1989. First Superman movie came out in 1978. Um, the Batman 89 sequel is called Batman 89 Echoes, and the Superman is Superman 78, The Metal Curtain. We both begin their runs this November. Superman 78, The Metal Curtain, is written by Robert Venditti and illustrated by Gavin Guidry. Um... And the synopsis as uh, for that goes, as Superman has become a symbol of strength and pride for America, the Soviet Union looks to crush that image with a creation of their own, built by their own might and forged by their own power. Um, that's Gavin I Gidry read the first. The Sorry, what's that? Uh, that's pronounced Gidry for the record. Of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Um, if you're listening at home, take a drink. I mispronounced the name. <laughs> you um, know who you are. <laughs> yeah. I read the first issue of Superman 78, the first run. I thought it was good. Um, it didn't like really pull me in too much. Uh, what I did read all six issues of was Batman 89, um, discounting Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, picking up after Batman Returns, and moving forward with Billy D. Williams or uh, as Harvey Dent, or the character was clearly drawn as if it was Billy D. Williams. Uh, Batman, you know, they're all they're all drawn like the characters. Uh, that the actors that were pl playing them in those movies. So when you're reading that, I was cool. Like I'm reading, I'm reading Batman 89 and hearing Michael Keaton's voice in my head as I'm reading his dialogue, hearing Billy D. Williams as two face. Um, really cool to see how they did that. The cool thing about Batman 89 is the writer is Sam Hamm, who is the guy that wrote the screenplay for 1989's Batman. Oh, wow. So he, yeah, it's awesome. So he didn't write Batman returns, but he did, uh, it does still feel like it's in that universe, uh, same kind of style. Nice. Um, and it's the same creative team, so it's him and uh, Joe Quinones on art. Uh, synopsis for Batman 89 Echoes is, After Harvey Dent's crusade against Gotham and Batman, the Cape Crusader has disappeared without a trace. In his place, ordinary citizens have taken to the streets to root out crime. As innocents get hurt, the question on everyone's mind is the same. Where is Batman? Um, so the cool thing about this moving forward is, you know, like because they changed their minds about having Billy Dee reprise his role as Harvey Dent for the third Batman movie, they ended up recasting because by the way, Warner brothers did not, not want a black face, um, which I think is really stupid and very racist. Uh, they paid Billy Dee Williams a ton of money to get out of his contract because he accepted the role of Harley, Harvey Dent in the first movie. With, on the condition that he would become Two-Face in, in a subsequent film. They decided to rob him of that. Um, but So that's why it was kind of cool to see that, like what could have happened in a comic. Um, there were also rumors around that time um, after Batman and Robin, I think that they were, you know, that was, those movies just lost themselves in like, let's cast the biggest star ever to be in this movie yeah. and not worry about writing anything good. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze. Yeah, perfect. Um, there were rumors for the Batman movie that was supposed to come after that, that Jeff Goldblum was going to be the Scarecrow and that Madonna 
was going to be Harley Quinn, um, having been recently introduced in Batman the Animated Series. And so seemingly from the art that has been teased from this second run of Batman 89, they are going with Scarecrow drawn to resemble Jeff Goldblum or Jonathan Crane drawn, drawn to reveal or to resemble Jeff Goldblum and Harley drawn to resemble Madonna, um, which I think is cool. Just more like, yeah, what if what if they had actually made this movie, but just as a comic book, which I think is cool They should do more stuff like that. Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum playing Scarecrow would be. Or at least the Jonathan Crane part of Scarecrow would be. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, it'd be I cool. See that. Be kind of a good cast, right? Yeah. Um, I wish they did more stuff like this with like movies we almost got. Like I would love, like I I would love Sam Raimi to do Spider Man Four as a comic book yeah. miniseries. Like, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Like Sam it might Raimi be weird and bad. Was supposed to be a fan still. expo. He didn't make it. Oh well. I wouldn't have seen him either way, but you wouldn't have seen him either way. <laughs> Um, another um, uh, DC book that I'm very excited about is Batman Santa Claus colon Silent Night. Night, of course, spelled K-N-I-G-H-T. This is a new four-issue miniseries written by Jeff Parker, drawn by Michelle Bandini, coming out, of course, December 2023. Uh, it's a four-issue miniseries is just issue one coming out in December and then the following four issues are going to be in like January, <laughs> February. Like, I don't want to read a Christmas thing in March. <laughs> like you should put this out as a one shot. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking about, I'm just thinking about that now. But anyway, this is an in canon story. This is not an Elseworlds. This is not a Christmas dream or something. This is an in canon story. That before Christmas, that sees Batman and Santa Claus working together to solve a grisly crime involving monsters and other DC superheroes. The official synopsis goes as follows. Santa Claus is coming to town. The four-part crossover event of a generation begins when not-so-jolly St. Nick hits Gotham City to investigate a brutal crime in the days leading up to Christmas. What manner of man or beast could have committed such atrocities with the help of his former student, Batman, <laughs> Santa will team up with the heroes of the DC Universe to right this wrong, or the world wakes up to coal in their stockings. A brutal, two-fisted holiday tale of hope, wonder, and monster hunting. The perfect treat to ring in the holidays. It's claws in canon. So okay. they are now canonically saying... That Batman once studied with Santa Claus before becoming Batman. This sounds insane. Yes. Yes, it does. It sounds wild and crazy and uh, like it came out of some lunatic's ravings. And I'm going to buy all four issues of it and read it <laughs> and love it. <laughs> I hope. I hope to love it. Crazy. Can't. Wait for that. That's um, going to be a Steve, thing. That's going to be a thing. What else is a thing? Some things that are coming out this week. Do you have a comic to review? I do. I sure do. And it will be a surprise to you as to how and or what that comic is. Because I am reviewing Dawn of DC Green Lantern number one. No way. Yes. Oh, wow. That is a surprise. Uh, my first ever Green Lantern read 
in any way, shape, or form. So this book isn't. This book has been out for a little bit. Is that correct? I think it was. Or am I thinking of a different no, this Green is Lantern the, book? So they're bringing. They brought Dawn of DC back, or no? This was Dawn of DC is kind of like an ongoing thing. They did it, and then they dropped. Uh, they dropped it for the weird crowd. Like they had seventy-five crossovers going this summer, and now they're bringing right. Dawn of DC back. So they put two issues out, and then shelved it left it for the night terrors thing oh okay and then oh, wow. well the okay. night terrors and the there was like two other crossovers they did dc did yeah and sure. now they're apparently this week bringing back dawn of dc like starting the the like issue threes of things oh wow okay so jesse was like hey why don't you take a look at since they're bringing dawn of dc back why don't you look at a jumping on point for one of these runs and i had never awesome, done a, a lantern run so um well what did you think steve i don't know it was a very <laughs> okay. open it, so uh <laughs> the book the book itself is uh written by jeremy adams and philip kennedy johnson who has been all over a lot of things lately yeah um yeah artists were her uh, germanico and montos and uh colors by romulo uh, fajardo jr and adriano lucas so um basically the whole setup is uh hell jordan's back on earth yeah so it's kind of a setup to that um apparently because again i don't know anything about any of these characters so yeah. uh he comes back and immediately tries to uh, get back with his ex who mm-hmm. already Carol. has a fiance or some Ooh. boyfriend or something um mm. flies a plane really fast too fast stupid very um tom cruise and top gun uh, maneuver that's that's some classic hal jordan right there bud yep okay uh so he's he's effectively <laughs> maverick yeah okay yes. gotcha yep. that's what i was getting from this book was that hal jordan is maverick <laughs> yeah. um yeah he's cocky he thinks he's uh he thinks he can do it. Oh yeah, and full he, blown uh, like head straight he up bomber jacket. Like yep. I was like, yeah, this yep. is if you did not make him blonde, he would be Tom Cruise. Um, right. Yeah. And like I, it, it leaves it in a place where you could pick it up for a decent story. But having no idea about the character, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was a good jumping on point. Seems like it was kind of like a reset for people that had read because yeah. yeah. I believe that he was in. <sighs> Grant Moore, I don't know if this was the last time we saw Hal Jordan, but Grant Morrison did like a huge, crazy, insane space epic with Hal Jordan um, within the last like two years. So he that met may have been where he was left and this is his return. So this is seeming like from what you're describing seems like a, a a reset for him. Like he's not in space anymore. He's back on Earth and we're resetting to where yeah. um, things are going to escalate or whatever and it it gave you a very strong like if like you said if that's the character and that's like it gave you a very very good introduction to that character yeah so i would say it's a a solid setup and solid reset um nice this issue did also have a john stewart story in it um oh like a backup story cool so that was what philip kennedy johnson did along with montos um they did a uh it is john stewart homecoming part one 
that uh, basically, you know, I guess everybody's coming home. So, oh, nice. Yeah, it's there's there's a lot in it. It's a it's a decent issue. I'd be curious where it goes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, cool. Like I said, having no idea about any of either of the characters for the most part. Um, yeah. I would probably rather get some background and read some trades before I grab number two. But <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know, if I was going to add one more thing to my pull list, because I really need that. <laughs> uh, like once once I get out of Fall of X, maybe I'll <laughs> maybe I'll jump into yeah, Green maybe I'll jump into bit. something. But yeah, the overall solid book. Um, good cool. jumping on point. The character intrigued me, but it was uh, also drink. If you're listening, um, the uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So i I'd, I'd recommend it. You know, if you're especially oh, cool. if you're if you're looking for a reset on Lantern or something like that, then it's definitely a good place to start. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. And it's also maybe they might be setting that up because I mean, when James Gunn announced his. Uh, slate they announced that green lantern show and they said it's going to be set on earth so maybe that's why they're bringing those two characters back to kind of mirror what they're planning to do in a uh, movie land yeah um, they, uh the the stewart one uh definitely references i mean i i believe he's talking to guy gardner mm-hmm. through a bunch of the stuff going on and you know there's a whole lot of extraterrestrial weird Ooh, shit happening yeah. more so in the Stewart yeah. one than uh in the other um oh in the wow other then in the main story it looks like i think i think guy gardner's dying oh yikes by the look of it and Poor actually guy. yeah yeah it uh something is killing the other lanterns that's what that oh, was. Oh, damn. I, it had been a bit since I had looked at it, but something is killing like Guy Gardner and one of the other lanterns that I can't tell just by looking at it. Oh, but, there's um, thousands of them. Yeah. Uh, one yeah. of the other humanoid looking ones. And um, mm-hmm. is the last lines of it are bring me John Stewart. Oh, wow. So, okay. Then the art on cool actually the, the art on the first uh, first book is quite nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's great looking. As you cool. can see, the go fast, try hard stuff. But, you know, there's a versatility yeah, yeah. to it as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Cool. Good book. Nice. Well, we got two DC books then this week. Um, I was very excited when Jesse handed me my uh, issue to review. Uh, Batman, Catwoman, The Gotham War, Battle Lines, issue one. I did not real. I had heard that this series was happening. I didn't realize it was directly coming after Night Terrors. I thought there was like a little bit of time in between. But no, Night Terrors is ending and uh, Batman, Catwoman, Gotham War is starting. I wasn't I had no idea what this book was about. Um, You know, coming off of the last few years, Batman and Catwoman have almost gotten married, um, been acting pretty much like they were married for a while. And they kind of like uh, drifted apart, even though it was like a we understand that we are together forever. But um you know, we're just not going to like physically be together all the time. And, um, you know, and then, you know, like you do, you drift away from a romance plot after a while because you got to switch things up and make things interesting. And then I heard uh, Catman, Batman Catman, Gotham War, and I didn't know what that was going to be about. Um, it's Batman versus Catwoman. 
in a way uh, that I found mm. very interesting. Um, first thing that I realized, jumping in, it's written by both Teeny Howard and Chip Zdarsky. Oh, okay. Uh, Teeny Howard is currently the main writer on Catwoman. Chip Zdarsky, the main writer on Batman. They're coming together <laughs> to write this story, which I think is great. Uh, pencils by Mike Hawthorne, inks by Adriano Di Benedetto, and colors by Romulo Fajaro. Um, it's a great book. Uh, the setup is really cool. Um, if you've been reading Batman, you know that his life has been going kind of nonstop lately since uh, an evil tech that um, he designed uh, went against him and almost killed him and all of his uh, Bat family. Ended up sending him into another universe. He had to fight his way back from another universe. Uh, spoiler alert, gets his hand cut off. Bruce Wayne currently has a uh, mechanical hand in these comics. Has been away for a long time. Then as soon as he gets back, the whole Night Terrors thing started. And apparently after Night Terrors is over, he's just asleep, passed out for like eight weeks because of the effects of like the dreams and the nightmares and being possessed right. by dead man as a whole thing. So he wakes up after eight weeks of being asleep and wants to explore Gotham again and notices that crime is way down. And then Catwoman calls a meeting for the entire him and the entire Bat family and reveals that she, in the interim, while he's been gone, while he's been fighting uh, insomnia and the night terrors arc, and while he's been asleep, she has been uh, recruiting henchmen. Henchmen that usually work for Gotham City crooks, Penguin, Riddler, Joker, you know, Mr. Professor Pig, Maxi Zeus, all these different kinds of uh, top tier and lower tier villains. She's been recruiting say, those them and training you that you didn't just make those up on the spot. I did not. <laughs> I did not. Um, I'll, I'll, I can explain both of them to you another time. I don't want to take the time to, but one of them's insane. One of them would be uh, in a horror movie. If they ever put Professor Pig in a Batman movie, it would be a horror movie. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, she's been recruiting and training all these henchmen to be... Uh, uh, cat burglars and thieves like herself and she has she, she's creating this like kind of army of thieves and she's given them these rules they only steal from the super rich in Gotham the super rich and the super corrupt um, they don't kill anybody and you know they split the profits evenly and you know her her argument is that it's um uh, it's Robin Hood style. You're robbing from the super rich. And for these are people that don't have the means to support themselves or don't have the education to get a job or whatever. That's why they became henchmen in the first place. And because of that, crime in Gotham City is way down. Way down. So she pitches this to Batman and the Bat family. And some of the Bat family is like, this doesn't sound that bad. Sounds okay, but... Um, it's very interesting because Batman is suddenly confronted with his mission kind of being accomplished, but not by him. <laughs> and that kind of rubs against what the, like the way he wants to do it. You know, it's yeah. kind of like his, you can tell his ego is getting in the way of letting it happen, but also, you know, he makes a point too. He's like, well, Hey, my parents were rich. And something really bad happened to them and it affected my life. So, like, I don't think crime should happen to anybody. He's like, I get your point, but, like, no one deserves to be 
stolen from or no one deserves to be treated like, you know, whatever. Yep. And it's inter- it's interesting because it's written, his argument is written in a way better than what I said. It's written in a way that isn't like a defense of corrupt billionaires, but, you know, it's just a defense of like all crime is bad, you know. Um, and he's like, I get what you're doing, but, you know. And then later in the issue, he even questions himself like, am I wrong to be thinking like this? Like, is she right? Like, but it's just an interesting thing. I think you and I were talking about some other Batman, oh, the city of madness thing when that was announced about how there's like, um, a city underneath Gotham yeah. or something. And I was talking about how like, it's seemingly like harder and harder to confront Batman with something he's not prepared for or something that he doesn't already know without just taking like huge wild swings. Like there's a whole wild monster city underneath Gotham, you know, like that's something he doesn't know. So it's a new problem, but this isn't a new problem. It's like a solution right to his crusade and how he is responding to it it's very interesting it's like a really cool position to put him in where not only is he up against the love of his life and his wife more or less um he's confronted with actually letting the city be safer maybe possibly um but you know there's also like complications it's towards the end of the issue like you know it's not as not not as easy for Catwoman's people as it as she may have made it seem um and so this was a really interesting issue like i said i didn't know anything about it going in like the setup was really great really cool um and i will i will pick up the next issue of it i think there are a couple there's a few that are going to be it's going to be in the pages of batman and catwoman and then there's going to be specific um gotham war issues uh to follow things up but um, this is like the battle lines is the intro issue. And then, uh, it's the next two issues of Catwoman. And there's going to be a specific red hood special. And then the next two issues of Batman Catwoman, and then a couple other specific Gotham war, um, tie on or tie up issues. I'm going to collect them all. It's a super interesting, uh, concept, nice. I think. And, uh, it's cool that they're like teaming up to write it, I think as well, because they're both in charge of those characters. And so it makes you know, a lot of times when there's like crossover stuff, you can tell it's not the same writer or, yeah. you know, it's not Takes part of the of plan sure. that was originally there. So, like, it's cool that they're doing it a little bit more organically. So, nice. big thumbs up to uh, Batman Catwoman Gotham War issue one. And that one's coming um, out this week. What is coming out this week? Yes, that issue as well as Batman Beyond Neo-Gothic number two. Uh, the aforementioned Batman Catwoman Gotham War Battle Lines number one, Black Hammer The End number one, Blade number two, Blade Runner 2039 number six. I thought that series was done. I haven't read that title in a long time. It must have taken a big break in between issues, but uh, whatever. Conan the Barbarian number two, Deadpool Batter Blood number three, Death of the Venomverse number three, Elvira in Monsterland number four, Nort's Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, DC's Summer Swimsuit uh, issue coming out. This week, Grim Fairy Tales number 75, Gunbreed number one, and Hulk number three, Marvel Age 1000. I'm not sure what that is, some kind of landmark anniversary issue for something or just celebratory. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 30th anniversary special number one, Moon Knight annual number one, Ms. Marvel number one, Spider Man India number three, Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 37, Star Wars Hyperspace Stories number eight, Ultimate Invasion number three, and Wolverine. Number 36. Now, the email that I got, my uh, not from Funky Town, but from another uh, comics thing that I had been signed up for forever. This was 
mixed up and it included titles from last week. So if I repeated any titles that I said on last week's show that are coming out last week, uh, it's my mistake. I, I tried to weed out all the ones that I already said, but I don't really remember what I, every comic book that I say every sure. single week. So um, these most of these are new coming out this week. One or two maybe are already out. But you know what? They're, I'm sure they're still at your local comic book shop. So, Well, I know the three on there that um, I'm going to end up pulling are not. Oh, what is what's on what's not on there that you're gonna pull? Oh no, I'm saying three of those oh. on there I am pulling. Oh, okay. What are you pulling? I've picked up Incredible Hulk since the first two oh, on yeah. that were great. I do have to toss you those first two at some point. Um Yeah, I've heard it's really good. I mean horror hulk? What more do you need? Uh I know. Ms. Marvel, because it's tied into Fall of X, I will end up with. Um I'm kind of curious as to what yeah. they're doing there. It seems like they're bringing her back around as a mutant on top of the inhuman thing. Um, but that's also the one that's written by Iman Vellani, too. Yes, it so is. So that'd be cool to check out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and Ultimate Invasion 3. Oh, nice. Because nice. 1 and 2 were good. So I kept it going. Yeah. I think I'm definitely going to, just for uh, shits and giggles, going to get the North Illustrated DC swimsuit <laughs> edition because I think that's fun. Yep. Um. And uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that I'm pulling um, this week, but uh, I do want to mention I haven't even finished reading this issue, but I started reading Penguin number one, the new Tom King um, book. And within the first like few pages, I was like, this is great. This is a great way to start a book like he knows how to hook you sometimes. And it's one of those things where it starts it's showing you something that's going to happen towards the end of the story in a way that you're like, wow, how did they get here? How did this happen? And then it's going to flash back to, you know, one year previously. And then you're going to get to Batman and Penguin bleeding out in the Batmobile as it sinks into Gotham Harbor. Right. <laughs> and you're just like, whoa, what is happening? Um, uh, so, yeah, really hooky right yep. off the bat and seems very like gritty crime awesomeness. So there you go can't wait yeah can't wait you read anything else this week uh no trying to catch up on immortal x-men trying to keep up with fall of x um yeah no that's what i got that's enough that that's a full-time job in itself i agreed yeah it's plenty plenty um, I think that's all I got. Yeah, I don't even have any one shots. Like I said, it's a, uh, I think we were able to tangent quite enough. We talked about Lion King. We talked about uh, physical releases. Well, um, you know, I expected you know what mark so. we're going to end up hitting? What's that? Hour and 20. No way. Are you kidding me? 118.31 right now, buddy. So <laughs> My God. Yeah. We, we can't wow. apparently pare it down much more. Uh, we can't shut up. Yeah, basically. Uh, all right. Well, in that case, let's try and get it under 120. Uh, like, yeah, us, like, it. subscribe. <laughs> uh, check us out on all the socials, the Multiverse Report. Um, if you want to leave us a review, it's much appreciated. Leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Beyond that, you know, there's plenty of ways to get a hold of us. Just Google it. Yeah. Check us out on the socials. Pretty active on Instagram recently. And, um, that's it. We'll see us later this week for our Ahsoka review of episode three, whenever we get to do that, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. And until then, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the multiverse. <laughs>